course, it's the new year, and this is where, as a pastor, it's my job to come up with a phrase that rhymes with 22, right? In order to confirm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Amen. No, no, all right, all right. So, nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, amen. Nothing wrong with setting a banner over a year, but it doesn't have to rhyme to be true. Can I get an amen, right? But uh, you get an amen from Lily? Lily said amen. Amen. Lily is as loud or louder than me, so I definitely have competition. She, hit, she, got, the, she got the lungs, man. There are times when she yells that your ears will literally ring. And I'm not kidding. Like, yes, it's like, yeah. Oh, I know your ears will ring. Have you experienced that? It's intense, man. She's just going to get bigger and louder. So, amen. <laughs> she, she yells at the refs with me at the game. So I've taught her to yell at the refs. <laughs> she does, doesn't she? She yells. Amen. Anyway, praise God. So, but I, I do think that you know, that a year can definitely have a theme. And how I many you know God can have something that He is doing over a year and doing it corporately in the body of Christ in the world? Can I get an amen? There's nothing wrong with that, nothing to take away from that. But then I also want you to understand that, that, that in the very same breath, how I many you know that all of our lives are in individual seasons as well? And you, you bring an individual season to the table. Uh, because you are unique and you are different than everybody else. And God could be doing something in your life in 2022 that He might not be doing in somebody else's life. And how many know that's okay? That's one of the, the beauties of really understanding the body of Christ and understanding the new covenant. Is how many know we have to make room for each other to have your own relationship with the Lord? Can I get an amen? Because under legalism, what happens is, is God's doing something in my life and I try to make everybody else do what God's doing in my life. Right? Say, for example, if, you know, I feel like God's telling me not to drink soda, you know, or whatever, then all of a sudden now sodas are the devil, and i got to make everyone who drinks soda feel bad because they're not as spiritual as I am because I'm not drinking soda. Y'all ever experienced any of that before? Amen. Or been that person? But it's not like that. How many know that the Spirit of God is very individual, and uh, He will have a season that's working in your life as an individual, but then how many know He'll also have a season that's working in, in the church worldwide as well? And so as I've been before the Lord in prayer uh, just over this year, I really feel like this year is going to be a, a year of restoration. And uh, God is a God of restoration. Uh, and we're going to take a look at that. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But before we say that, I don't want to take away from this reality too. And I want to bring this out to the forefront because before we talk about restoration. How many of y'all have seen God do things in your life this past year that were awesome and blessed you? And I don't, want to, I don't want to take away from that because so many times, you know, there's doom and gloom coming from the pulpits and there's doom and gloom coming from the media. Um, but, but how many know that God does His best work in His people during times of challenge and times of famine? It's just the truth. I know people that own businesses, Christian businesses, that have absolutely flourished and uh, just had off-the-charts growth and had amazing things happen. And our God likes to do mighty things in His people's lives when all hell's breaking loose in, in, in the world. Amen. I mean, you know, a part of our witness is we stand out like a healed thumb. Okay, get an amen. Right? And so there is, <clears throat> there is blessing in times of famine. You know? And um, so don't, don't ever, don't take away from that. That's how God does things. God is going to bring blessing. Now, if I'm talking about this, can I get a little bit more in the mic? When, if I talk about this and you've not experienced that in an area, what God is going to bring into your life is restoration. 
He's going to restore. And anytime God restores something, He doesn't restore it to the place where it was. How I many you know He makes it better than what it was before the enemy came in and stole? So please understand that. I, but, but I want to lay out both. Because I've had areas of my life where were extremely blessed last year. Like extremely blessed. But then I've had areas of my life that were extremely challenged. Can y'all, everybody relate here? And, and so the, the enemy is always um, trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's doing. And, and you know, you'll, you'll have a, a more spiritual insight than a whole great portion of the body of Christ when you understand that God is a good God and he doesn't steal, he doesn't kill, and he doesn't destroy. Can I get an amen? Unfortunately, so many people are confused about that in the body of Christ because they don't understand the new covenant and they don't understand the old covenant. But just that understanding alone sets you uh, head and shoulders above a lot of folks because a lot of people don't know whether uh, you know, God's the one doing the stealing and destroying or the enemy's doing the stealing and destroying. But how many know we know that God is a good God and He does good things and we see the perfect picture of God's nature, we take a look at Jesus. John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So how many know Jesus is looking to bring life into your life? He's looking to bring abundance into your life. He's looking to bring blessing into your life. He's not looking to take from you. He's looking to pour out blessing upon you. But there are times when the thief comes in and he, he can steal something. Anybody had their peace stolen in the past couple of years? You know what I'm saying? Anybody? I mean, a lot of people's peace has been stolen in the past couple of years. And, you know, relationships could have been some, you know, thievery done in relationships or in finances um, or, you know, a million different places but, but check this out. I mean, once again, God is a God of restoration. And there are times in your walk with God, there's going to be seasons where you're winning, and there are going to be seasons where you're losing. And that is a part of the walk. And you can be really winning in this category, and then really losing in this category. Are y'all tracking me here? And so, in the kingdom... How I many you know you never see an individual walk with God and it's just a straight line of nothing but winning? Nobody. Not Paul, not Peter, not Jesus, not David, not Solomon. Nobody. How I many you know when you walk with God, you have seasons of winning and then you have some seasons of losing? But it's in the seasons of losing that your faith is tried and tested. It's not the seasons of winning. If all you ever did was win, and every one of your prayers got answered, how I many know oh, you'd never have an opportunity to really trust God? What, what happens to a child who gets everything that they want the moment they want it? How I many know oh, it messes them up? You, you, you can't really, um, you can't parent like that, right? Because how I many know oh, the world's not going to give you everything you want the moment that you want it? The world ain't going to do that at all. And so with our relationship with God, there are seasons of winning and there are seasons of losing. But how many know in the season of losing in an area, how many know that's the season when, you're, when your trust is developed and your relationship is deepened with the Lord? If you don't get offended. Because if you get offended at God, and I have, it's a, it's a tough spot. Because if I'm offended at God, what I'm doing is, is I'm laying blame at His steps. And I'm saying that, you know, it's your fault. 
you don't hear me, you don't see me, you don't help me, you, 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 and I'm offended. How I many know it's going to be difficult for me to walk forward until that gets healed? Right? And we want to, and a part of restoration, I'm not talking about God's going to restore things in our lives in places that we looked like we were losing. God's going to cause us to win. And He's not just going to bring us back where we were. He's going to bring us beyond that. Can I get an amen? That's what restoration does when God restores. But how I many know there's something that, it, that is a part of the restoration process, and it's your soul? How I many know God has to restore hope to your soul? Amen? And this past couple years have put a stranglehold on hope. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and you know, just been so much attack against the church, so much attack against the Christianity, so much attack against uh, morals and values and all of these things. And I mean, you know, the Bible says that when lawless abounds, many people, many people's love will grow cold. I mean, you know, we've seen a level of lawlessness that I've never seen in my lifetime, and it happens so fast. The seeds have been sown, I guess, for years, and uh, but and now these seeds are coming to fruition, and we're seeing a level of lawlessness that would really place an attack on your love. And really cause you to really just want to survive and take care of me, myself, and I and my family, and then forget about the kingdom, forget about anything else, because we just got to survive. I mean, no, you are not called to just survive. You are called to, to thrive, you're called to flourish, and you're called to be a light. We've got to protect that love light. We can't let that love light go out, because when that love light goes out, we don't look any different than the world. We just have different t shirts and different bumper stickers and different radio stations, but we look just like them. Because how I many you know when fear is dominating your life, you're not going to be walking as a true child of the King. Right? So we have to protect that love light. And, and one of the things that extinguishes love beyond everything else is offense. And how I many you know offense has ran rampant during this period of time? I had a season in my life during these past couple of years where I was very angry. And, um, and, and how I many you know anger is not something you compartmentalize? Anger is not something you can just, you can't just put it right here. How I many you know it seeps into every other aspect of your life? And I was living angry. I was angry at my dog, praise God. I was angry at uh, you know, all the craziness in the media and in the world and you know, angry at the injustice. And do you know what it's causing me to do? It's causing me to not, uh, it's causing me to, to not be as good of a father, to not be as good of a husband, to not be as good of a, a son of God. Can I get an amen? How many know anger is not your default state? And so I had to allow God to bring a restoration into my soul to click me off of offended and get me back over to forgiven. How many know I've been forgiven of much? How many know you've been forgiven of much? And man, that floodgate of forgiveness that came from the cross intends to, to flow to you and flow through you to where you got nothing but forgiveness for the, for the people who are foolishly being demonized by the enemy. They get an amen. I mean, those people are not your enemy. Politicians are not your enemy, right? God, so the amens were so much weaker on that, but it's all good. How I many know oh, God wants to save these crazy people, right? Amen. amen. And if we if we spend our days offended, uh, how I many know oh, if I'm offended, if the banner over 2022 is offense for me, how I many know oh, I'm just going to see darkness? I'm just going to see bad. And all I'm going to do is I'm just going to look for something to make my case on why I'm angry. And, and, and certainly, there's a place of righteous indignation. How I many know we are to hate evil? Yeah. I'm not taking away from that. And I think the, a, a portion of the church has gotten into error because they're trying to embrace evil and declare that it's good for the purpose of appeasing the masses. No, sin is sin. Can I get an amen? Yeah. 
If the book says it's wrong, it's wrong, right? And so we're never letting go of that. We're never going to lay down the standard of what God calls good and right immorality. We'll never release that. And if somebody releases that in the name of grace, they don't understand grace. Grace is not for the purpose of perpetuating sin. It's for the purpose of setting people free from sin so that they're not dominated by sin, but they're dominated by love and God's Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? So we're not letting go of that. And and, and so maintain your righteous indignation, but please understand that your default state is not an angry person. That's why God puts a time limit on anger. He said, don't go to bed mad. Why did He put a time limit? He didn't say it was sin to be angry. He said, be angry and sin not. I mean, it's okay to, be, to hate evil. Can I get an amen? That's good. Hate evil, you know? You that love the Lord hate evil. But don't go to bed angry and wake up angry and go to bed angry and wake up angry. If you live your life in anger, A, you're trying to be the one who is God. I mean, you know, that your anger is not going to fix the judicial system. Your anger is not going to fix the problems in this world. I mean, you know, if I'm trusting God to help and to fix, I have peace. But if I'm trying to be God of this situation, I don't have peace and I'm angry. Everybody tracking me here. I'm not trying to encourage you to live a life of apathy. I'm not trying to encourage you to lay down. But I'm saying as you take your stand, take a stand in peace and forgive. Let forgiveness flow through you. Because offense will, will mess up the flow of the kingdom of God out of your life. I had no intention of spending so much time on this. But, but um, because it, if I get into a place of offense towards God or towards man, what I'm, it messes, how many don't mess these things up? I've seen offended Christians carry a presence of the demonic. Nobody in here. But people who've been hurt and been around and been hurt in church and not forgive, there is a, there is a, how many of you know the enemy will, will have a field day in that person's life? How many of you know bitterness has the ability to contaminate many? How many of you know a root of bitterness defiles many, right? And, and, um, and, that, and, that, 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 and that root of bitterness comes from a place of offense. And if you look at the passage in that scripture, that's talking about falling from grace. Interesting, isn't it? Sin doesn't cause you to fall from grace. Pride causes you to fall from grace. But when I'm in a place of offense, I'm, I, I level myself in the position of, of prideful judge. Okay? And I'm saying I am the judge and the jury. What if God wants to save somebody you don't like? <laughs> what if God wants, what if God saves one of these crazy people in the earth who's trying to push an agenda that's destructive and anti-God, what if God saves them and then causes them to preach and become the next Billy Graham? Do you know that's what happened in the early church? Saul. I mean, I guarantee some people were upset that Saul got saved. (laughs) You know, like, look at him. He is saved now. He's with the Lord. Punk, he put me and my family in jail. They're like, we want to save him, but we want to rough him up a little bit first, Lord, you know. But how many know that, that our version of justice is far below the Lord's version of justice? Our version of vindication is far below the Lord's version of vindication. How many know you're best not to be your own vindicator? 
God will vindicate you. Can you get an amen? God will bring justice into your life. Yeah, I can remember a time um, when I was working for this guy, and this guy was, was anti-God, he was not saved, and he hated me because I was a Christian. Hated me. And he was over me. And he, took, he would work me like a dog and then take credit for everything I did. And then attack my faith the whole time, right? And so I've shared this before, but, but how many you know in that season of dealing with him, how I many I could get really upset at God for not providing me justice? God, don't you know this is wrong? God, don't you know this is wrong? God, what's going on? Don't you know this is wrong? God, what is going on here? God, where are you? Right? And how many know I had a season of losing? It looked like on the outside. Right? How many know God sees into your tomorrow and into your future and you only see your right now? You know, I, I had the honor of leading that man to the Lord two years later after he lost his job, lost his family. Alcoholism stole everything from this guy. He ended up being homeless. But I had the honor of leading him to the cross. How many of you know that's greater justice than me getting my way in the moment and calling fire down on this guy's life? Because that's what I wanted to do. Just kill him, Lord. Just kill him. It's cool. <laughs> Save him and kill him. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But how many of you know the disciples had a season of that too? How many of you know Jesus was going through a town and they wouldn't, they wouldn't prepare a place for him and the disciples said, Lord, you just want us to call fire down on him? Now, how many know that their version of justice was lower than the Lord's version of justice? And how many know it looked like they were losing in that moment? How many know it looked like Jesus was losing on the cross? Y'all tracking me here? But how many know God's restoration is always greater than what the enemy has stolen? And see, how many know when God restores something and fixes it, He signs His name to it? And it's beautiful and better than it's ever been before. You ever seen someone have a, have a marriage that was falling apart but get restored by the Lord? How many of that marriage is stronger on the other side? Or, or someone have a, a child that's running crazy? Y'all just, I was just listening to Mac Powell share his testimony from Third Day. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mac Powell, but he's a great musician and uh, he's got a great band called Third Day. They've been around forever. But he's got this new song out called 1991. And I had no idea he had this, this past of running crazy and, and you know, doing all this crazy stuff and making all these mistakes and running nuts. And, and you know, God just radically saved the guy when he was about 18 years old and he looked like he was just going into destruction and God's used him tremendously since then. How many know that God will take a prodigal and turn them into a preacher? God will take someone who's ran so far away. And how many know when that person comes to the Lord, how many know the restoration of that individual is so much greater because of the darkness that they've come out of? So much greater. Most of my ministry is a product of the darkness that I've come out of. Those are the people I help. I help people that deal with addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, and all that stuff, and people who dealt with legalism and depression. Those are the people I help. Why? Because that's the darkness that I came from. How I many you know God will take what looks like a loss for you and restore you back into a place yeah, of victory and then give you a testimony yeah. yep. to help somebody? Amen? And so um, there's so much power in that, but I'm telling you right now, you got to let go of being offended at a person or at the Lord. Because, because when you hold offense, what, what you're doing is whether you realize it or not, is you're discrediting the cross. And I know that sounds strong. 
But when, remember when Jesus was given the parable of the kingdom? And he said, one guy, uh, you know, he owed the king like $100,000 and he let him go, forgave him this great debt. And the next guy owed him like five, owed the guy who just got forgiven the $100,000 debt owed him for like five bucks. So he went and threatened this guy and threw him in jail. And, and, and this was a parable of the kingdom. And the king came and took the guy who had been forgiven $100,000 and then threw him into jail. I was like, what are you doing? How I many know when, when I've been forgiven a billion dollar sin debt and I want to hold aught against someone who owes me five bucks? How I many know I'm discrediting what I was forgiven for and I'm trying to cut a side covenant outside of the cross? How I many know the cross has removed anyone's ability to hold offense or aught against anybody? Because Jesus on the cross, did he deserve what he went through? I mean, he settled all scales. Y'all tracking me here? I hope everybody understands this. So now I don't have a right to hold aught against anybody. And you know what it's done for me? It's made me totally free. I love it. Forgiveness is what has brought me to a place of happiness and joy. If I was still holding aught against my father, if I was still holding uh, aught against the, the church that I came out of, if I was still holding aught against those people that hurt me, how I many know it would, it would cripple my walk with the Lord? Because what I'm doing is I'm shortchanging the cross for this little $5 receipt of what somebody owes me. Y'all tracking me here? you got to let go, forgive. Listen, you don't have to do it in your own strength. Just receive a ton of forgiveness. Just receive it. And then it'll just start bubbling out of you and then pass it on to somebody else. So y'all tracking me here? It's so important for, for your happiness and for your joy and for the flow of the kingdom of your life. A part of the restoration that God wants to do is He wants to restore your soul so that He can bring restoration to other aspects of your life. Y'all tracking me? And then let me also say this to you. But then there's a part of restoration that happens as a result of manifestation. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, how many you know God will be good to you and bless you when you don't deserve it. When you haven't been faithful to Him. Come on. When you haven't been honorable to Him. When you haven't had tremendous faith. Right? I love, you know, our two examples of great faith in the Scripture are David and Abraham. And they both messed up so bad. Which makes me feel so good. Abraham, the father of our faith, right? God comes down and says, okay, I'm going to do what I said that I was going to do. They laughed in his face. Does that sound like faith to you? And I love it. The Lord wasn't going to let it go. He said, no, Sarah laughed. Abraham, no, no, she didn't laugh. No, he said, no, she laughed. <laughs> we heard her. But it's cool because we're good. <laughs> and, we're, and still, this time next year, a child's going to come to you and you're going to be blessed. Even though you laughed in the face of, of my promise, because if there's anything that God wants to prove humanity, He said, I want to show you that I'm good. It's not about you being good. It's about me being good. And I'm going to be good to you, and I'm going to bless you. And there are times when God's blessing will restore a part of your soul. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, and this is way farther down in, the, in my notes in the Scripture, but it's irrelevant. But there was a time in our life when Stacy and I, when we left the church that we were involved in, and you know, we'd poured 15 years of our life into there, given everything that we were, everything that we had, we just poured into that place. And then when we left that place, we lost everything. We lost 
you know, our job. We lost the house that we were living in. We lost all of our friends. We lost everything, everything. We moved into my mother's basement, right? No job, no paycheck, nothing. Spent 15 years doing something and got nothing out of the deal. Could, they told me I could draw unemployment. I couldn't even draw unemployment. I had nothing, right? And so how many know that when you've poured your heart, and we served God hard, I mean, I'm just telling you, I can't even convey to you how hard that we served God. We were in church four or five days a week. We were doing ministry here, ministry there. I, I wore a million different hats, burning both ends of the, of the candle, you know. And because I, when I was doing it, because I, I was thankful to be saved, right? And, but when we left that, we lost everything. And so it looked like we were idiots. It, we, we, had, we, we, we were losing so bad that it looked like we had foolishly wasted our 20s and early 30s building another man's kingdom. And we were hurting. And my wife was hurting. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, and she had gotten to the place where she was like, I don't understand why this happened. And I was in that place too. But she had a period of time when she was almost offended at the Lord for what we'd went through. And it's a tough spot. But how many, and how many know when a heart is offended, it's like a jail cell, yeah. according to Proverbs. Yeah. It's the, like being behind the bars of a jail cell. Now, how many know if you're looking at someone through bars, how many know you can't see clearly? How many know if they're looking out, out from bars, they can't see clearly? So an offended person can't see clearly. Everything they see is twisted. You ever been around someone who's deeply offended and anything you say to them offends them more? You could just be like, good morning, how are you? Oh, well, of course you're going to say it like that. Okay, praise God, you know. Anybody ever been around somebody like that? Anybody, anybody ever been that person before? We've <laughs> all been there, right? We're behind the bars. We can't see clearly. And, and so how many know that God has a daughter whose heart has been wounded deeply? And how many know He wants to rescue her? See, some of the deepest wounds you can experience are wounds from the church. Wounds in the name of God. You know, when a drug dealer ripped me off, it didn't hurt me that bad. Because he's a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe you would lay down your honor like this and take my money, you know? No, no. You, you, when you, somebody ripped you off in the world, you're like, okay, cool. I'm ripping somebody else off. You know what I'm saying? But when you get hurt in church in the name of God... And it happens, how I many know oh, it can hurt you deeper than any wound from the world? Because you because what ends up happening is is somewhere in your mind you think God hurt me. How I many know oh, God's not out hurting his kids? Can I get an amen? And but how I many know oh, his kids get hurt a lot by each other? But listen, God's not the author of that. God's not the one making that happen. Can I get an amen? How I many you know there is free will and people choose to do what they do? And, and also, um, there's a lot of people that are deluded and they think that they're, you know, if you'd have listened to me preach, I don't know, like 23 or 24 years ago, it was garbage. <laughs> like it was garbage. I'd have brought you right under the law and tried to guilt you into all this stuff. Why? Because that's what I was taught. I mean, it doesn't mean that I was a bad person. I mean, I was just taught that. Are y'all tracking me here? I was just doing what I was taught. Yeah, that's what we were, man. That's what we were. 
And, and so Stacy had gotten to a place where she was deeply, deeply hurt. Stacy, can you hear me? Will you, will you share what God told you, please? Probably going to need... No, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't exa- remember exactly what he told you. You don't have to prove yourself to me. I will prove myself to you. So here's the thing. She's hurt and wounded in an area. And you know what? And so God's saying, I'm going to be faithful to you. And I'm going to prove myself to you, listen to me, in the natural world. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I'm talking about God moving on your behalf, taking you out of a place of losing into a place of winning where you can see it and feel it and touch it. So there is some restoration for your soul that's not just going to happen from Scripture and from time of God and church and all these things. Some restoration is going to happen when you see God do something for you that you did not earn and that you did not deserve. You're going to see God move on your behalf, and when you see it happen, God's going to say, sign His name to it to let you know that's me being faithful to you to restore your heart back to me. I feel that so strong in my spirit that there's, there's an element of this restoration that's going to happen in your soul. It's not going to be the product of your prayer time. It's not going to be the product of your church attendance. It's not going to be the product of your mind renewed. God's just going to come in and be like, bam! And then be like, that was me. And when it happens, make eye contact with Him. You know what I'm saying? Look and just, and just acknowledge Him and say, Lord, there you are. How many of you know the same thing happened to Sarah? How many of you know God went and told them that he, he was going to give him a child and she laughed in his face? It was not her faith that made it happen. How many of you know it wasn't even Abraham's faith that made it happen? Abraham's like, yo, Hagar, what's up, Lord? Yeah. How many of you know Hagar wasn't around? How many of you know God still produced a promise? Can I get an amen? And so I just want to encourage you in that. Because there's an element of restoration that's going to happen and it's going to be done in the natural realm and it's going to restore a place in your heart that's been hurt and offended. And you're going to acknowledge and recognize that it was the Lord. Yeah, amen. And, and it's going to do something for you. And it's going to happen this year. Amen? It's going to happen in 2022. And you don't have to sow a special seed for it to happen. And you don't have to be in a special meeting for it to happen. And you don't have to have me lay hands on your head for it to happen. Because God's going to do it for you because He loves you and because He is your Father. You can be absolutely resistant to it. Yeah, sure. And He'll still do it. Well, I mean, take a look at the life of David. I mean, you know, David had a period of his life where he looked like he was losing. Like, there you are. You're anointed to take the throne. You kill Goliath. And this guy over you just hates you. And he's always trying to kill you and throw javelins at you. And then finally you get banished away. Uh, from the place that you're supposed to be king and you're out running around in the woods and he's chasing you and you look like you're going to die and the whole time the Lord's promised you that you're the Lord's anointed but how many know it don't look like you're the Lord's anointed it looks like you're the fugitive it looks like you're in the wrong looks like you're the bad guy looks like you're the person that's off right you look like the bad guy right but and then you get so offended that you align yourself and become an enemy to Israel that always amazes me that David did that David was so done with dealing with these church people (laughs) that he went and he joined himself to the armies that were about to march against Israel and kill his brothers. 
kill the people that he was supposed to be a king over and shepherd over. But he'd gotten so mad that he's like, forget it. And there he is. Now, this don't sound like a man after the Lord's own heart. I mean, he's ready to dip his sword in the children of God's blood because he's so mad and hurt because he felt like God gave up on him and forgot about him. God's looking at your life. He knows exactly where you are, and he's going to work all things together for your good. But how many of you know the Lord did not allow him to march against his own people? But, but David was so spiritually dull at the time that God couldn't get it to him, so God got the message to a Gentile king and said, look, you can't fight with us. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You can be so off that you can't hear God, but God will raise up a donkey to prophesy to you. And then David went home, probably mad as well, because he wasn't able to, to, to do what he wanted to do. But how many know God was, was changing his heart? Can I get an amen? He was hurt. He was wounded. He'd been through some stuff. He lost. But how many know that an offended heart can't sit on the throne of great influence? Because an offended heart sitting on the throne of great influence, how many know if Joseph had kept offense in his heart towards his brothers, then when he was given his position of power, instead of rescuing Israel, he would have destroyed them. But he didn't. Because he kept his heart free from offense through all the hell that he went through. And when his brothers came, he didn't mess with them a little bit. But he still blessed them. Can he get an amen? And, and a part of the, the, the restoration that God wants to place in your life, how many you know it's going to give you influence over other people's lives? When I talk to drug addicts, they listen to me. When I go and minister in the shelter and minister to a place like that, they listen to me. Why? Because I give them enough detail about that old life that they know I know where they're coming from. How many know the darkness you came out of will give you influence with the light in the future? Can I get an amen? And for someone else, it may not be you know, immorality like it was with me. It could have been self-righteousness and pride and anger and all of these things. But either way, whatever God's rescuing you out of is going to give you influence towards your future. Amen? And God doesn't want your influence to be held with an offended heart. Stacey, do you have something? Can I, can I give you a mic? She hates a mic, boy. But we got to hear you. The people online have to hear you. All right. All right, we need you to. When, all right, I'm gonna. I am the man of the house, and I'm about to get embarrassed publicly. Just kidding. Just talking in the mic. Yeah. It's 2022, Jeremiah's feeling froggy. I am the head. I was just gonna talk Sorry. about what Brian had said, where you know you don't have. You, when God made it real to me that He was gonna prove Himself to me, and I had to do nothing because I was done proving myself to Him at that point. Because we had, like you said, we had poured our lives into everything that we thought was of God, even though it wasn't. Um, and so then when he spoke that to me, I'm like, I, w like, I didn't, I was like, I was done. So he, he was the one that, I didn't have to do anything. Is basically what he was trying to tell me. Yeah. And that he was going to show himself strong on my behalf and his faithfulness to me without me having to prove anything to him. So. And that's what happened. And that's exactly what happened. And now your heart is restored because of the Lord's faithfulness to you. Amen? And so, so what I'm saying, and see, and here's the thing about being hurt in the area. 
How many know you can get hurt in your heart and act like you're not hurt? And keep moving forward? How many know physically you can do that? How many know physically you can hurt something, but you're like, ah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna press through, right? Well, your heart is the same way. You can get hurt in an area, especially men. Men are, are notorious for this. I'm not saying women can't do it too. But I think men are better at compartmentalizing their emotions and pushing down the way they feel. Uh, and, and I think women, a lot of times, I'm not saying that women can't do that, but uh, women are, are, are a little bit probably more in touch with their hearts and the way that they feel. I'm, I'm treading on very thin ice right now, so I'm trying to be tactful and all that kind of stuff. Only kidding. But, but, when, but anybody can do it. You push down an area that you've been hurt in, and you may be trusting God here, trusting God here, trusting God here, but over here you're like, why did this happen? And you get, it's like you get this big question mark in your heart. And, and, and here's the thing. Um, if you knew everything about God and about your life, there'd be no place for trust. None. If you knew everything, just like even with preaching, if we, we all knew perfect doctrine, if you knew everything there was to know, there'd be no place for trust. How many of you know this life is about trusting the Lord? It's about faith. That's what this world is about. Now in the next life, you're going to know Him even as you're known. And, and all falsehood is going to be gone. There's going to be nothing but truth. And that really, there will be no more need for trust. Because we're going to see that God's bigger and stronger and greater than all. And when we finally see the enemy, we're going to be like, that's the guy that was standing against us? All the blindfolds are going to come down. You're going to... But in this life, you know what you're going to bring with you when you go to heaven? It's your faith. It's your trust in the Lord, right? And so there are some question marks on your heart that you don't have a why for that God is saying to you, trust that I'm good, even though you don't know why that's going on. I mean, that can be a challenge. That can be a challenge to do and understand that. And, 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 that, and that is why God has never demanded or asked anything of His children greater than what He already did for us. Anything that any of us have stood against is not greater than what Jesus did on the cross. Right? Like, our suffering that we've had is like a hair compared to what Jesus went through. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every way possible, right? Jesus settled all scales. And so, when you don't know why, and you don't understand why, look at the cross and look what He did for you to give Himself to you and to restore you into a place of relationship with Him as His child. Y'all tracking me here? Because if we get caught up in the unfairness of life and lose sight of the cross, then we'll get offended and try to be our own judges and our own vindicators. Y'all tracking me here? The cross silences all accusers. Like it just shuts everybody up. Because nobody went through more than Jesus did who deserved it Less than Jesus deserved it. You follow me? You know that, that place in Scripture where they took that um, stick and they threw it into the well and that the water that was poisoned became fresh water? That's the cross. That's what the cross does. The, you throw the cross into a relationship where you're offended and it'll suck all the poison into it. You throw the cross into a ministry situation where you're offended and it'll suck all the poison into it. 
Amen? And so that question mark that you have on your heart and you don't understand why, God's going to minister to that. Can I get an amen? amen. God's going to, just like Stacy was sharing, God's going to be faithful to you. And God's going to prove himself on your behalf. Can I get an amen? How I many you know, fast forward years later in David's life, and David's overwhelmed by the blessing of the Lord. Overwhelmed. Like, completely overwhelmed. And I love this passage. And he really wants to build a house for the Lord. Because he's grateful. How I many you know when God does things for you, you're grateful and you want to do things for him? That's really the dynamic of the kingdom. And so he's at this place where he wants to build a house for the Lord. And, and he's, at, he's, he's, he's gathering up all these. I mean, they're just, they're just winning everywhere. I mean, Israel's just exploding. I mean, everywhere they go, there's victory, right? Because the Lord's with them, right? And so they're gathering up silver and gold and all these things. David's like, I got to build God a house. I got to build God a house. He's built me a house. I want to build him a house. And then the prophet comes to him and says, you're not going to build the Lord a house. The Lord's going to build you a house. <laughs> And David goes and he sits down and he says, I don't understand why you're so good to me. Who am I and what is my house that you are so good to me? How I many you know the blessing of the Lord overwhelmed his hurt and offended heart and brought him back to a place of total loving submission and humility to the Lordship of the Lord. Whereas there was a time in his life when he aligned himself as the Lord's enemy. The people of the Lord's enemy. You follow me? Do you see how much of a change happened? Do you see where the goodness of God overwhelmed him? That's what God has for you. That's what God has for you. Give me a second. I know you got something. <laughs> Give me just a second. No, it's okay. But that's what God, that's what, that's what, that's what the Lord is going to do for you. And there's going to be a restoration and a healing that happens in you as a result of you seeing the Lord's faithfulness. Man, that's just clear as day, man. That's what God's going to do for you, man. And so I, I just, I, there's really not anything you have to do. Just wait. <laughs> and when it comes, share it, you know? Like you don't have to, just like Stacy was sharing, like she, she didn't do anything for this to happen. God did it for her. You tracking me here? That's really that's the dynamic of the kingdom. Please share. Where's the mic at? Yeah, thank you. We gotta we gotta get y'all's voices on the on here because people want to hear what you have to say, and when we can't hear you, then it doesn't it just takes away from the sermon. So Sorry if my eagerness was a distraction. no no no. That's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. Please share. Uh, because uh, my heart resonates so strong with this because I. I've seen it with, I've experienced it. Yeah. Um, really short. I went through two divorces. The greatest desire I've ever had in my life was to be a husband and a father. Yeah. I wanted more than anything else in my life. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to break what happened in my life as a kid. Yeah. And, 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 create a, a generational thing of what I saw my grandparents of loving one another and raising kids in a household full of love. Amen. It's the greatest desire I've ever had. Amen. I sought that out twice in my own flesh and it failed miserably. Mm. And I had a huge question. What did I do wrong? 
Yeah, yeah. I fail. Where were you? What did I hear wrong? Did mm-hmm. I? D- I mean, I did hear wrong. You know, I, I didn't listen to you. I messed this up so bad. Mm-hmm. I failed horribly. So I just decided I'm never going down that road again. It hurt too much. I can't, I can't do that again. Yeah. It's no lockdown. No, I will never, I will never do that again. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to be faithful to you and mean you, Lord. I'm not going to look at anything else. I'm just meaning you. I'm just going to prove that I'm going to be faithful to you. And he's like, no, I'm going to prove. I'm going to, be, I'm going to show you how I'm faithful to you. Come on, man. So good. And then without me looking, without, with me being resistant to it, Mm-hmm. Stephanie will tell I was resistant to this sure God interrupts me interrupts my life with a blessing I, I didn't have to work it up I didn't have to contrive it I didn't have to make anything anything who I am completely equally yoked with someone now and I did nothing to deserve it I did nothing I didn't seek it out I didn't do anything. And not only that, two children I get to love as a father now. Mm-hmm. That we have a wonderful relationship. There's nothing forced. There's nothing contrived. There's yeah. nothing happened to sidestep. All that stuff that happens, you sure, know, in a blended. Sure. There's none of that. Amen. It's beautiful. I just, I've seen God do it. And, mm-hmm. and he's blown me away exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. That's the scripture right there. Yeah. And and, and I'm and, and, and I'm reason reason it was like an alien trying to burst out of my chest. Mm-hmm. It's because many people have been in my situation. They've been hard, they're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. They've had things that they thought would last forever fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you if you still have don't let that desire to be to to be with someone don't let it get locked away in offense and hurt and bitterness and the questions of why God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Allow God. Don't don't get in your own flesh like I did and trying to seek an answer out. But let God, let God show His faithfulness. Wait, and let God show His faithfulness to you, and He will bring something into your life that is so good. It's good. That is so effortless. You didn't have. That is, that's the key. It's so effortless. You don't have to contrive and sidestep this thing and make it work and all this. If it's God, it works. It's good. If it's God, it works. You do not have to contrive anything. It's good, man. And I just want to encourage, and it, it goes the same for any blessing or any promise from the Lord, mm-hmm. not just relationships. You don't have to sidestep. You don't have to make a side covenant or a side deal or could. Mm-hmm. If when God does it, it's good and it's effortless. It's good. It's good. Thank you for sharing that. So, so what I want to do is I just want to take a moment and I want you to look at an area of your life that you have been disappointed in the Lord. Sounds like a weird thing to say, doesn't it? An area uh, where you got a, a question mark, an area where the enemy's stolen from you. Enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And we didn't get to any of the scriptures that I wanted to get to um, because we just didn't have time because God took over. But I, I want you to think about that area. And I, and I want you to see a lot of times in those areas, we, we package that thing up and we put it far away because we don't want any hope touching that area to cause that desire to revive again. Because like we've been so hurt in that area that it's, it's less painful to encase it in a, in a hopeless place and we let it die. Okay, But God is going to do a miracle and going, to, and going to do something on your behalf and restore your heart back to a place of hope. And that area that looked like it was dead, God's going to make it alive. How I many of oh, God's all about taking, the, taking a, a, a wilderness that looks like you know, a desert place and then causing it to bloom? And I feel like that, that in this year, God is going to be faithful to you in an area where you've seen a lot of disappointment and it's going to bloom with blessing and life and opportunity and appointment. And it's going to bring a wholeness to your heart that you've not known. How I many you know when an engine's only running on so many cylinders, it doesn't run properly? How, right? How I many you know a heart can't be can can be running but not on all six cylinders because 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 um, disappointment has infiltrated a couple of those cylinders and that area of you's not pumping anymore might be a place of ministry that God's called you into <coughs> that you let die um, might be a you know a, a dream about you know doing something or you know taking a class or pursuing something or um, a sport or you know, just there's a million different areas. The enemy's all, the primary thing the enemy tries to steal from us is hope, so that we won't step forward and dream again. Because if he can, if he can still if he can make you hopeless, then he paralyzes your activity. You tracking me here? And 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 the Lord is just breathing life into that area of your heart to where it starts pumping again, and to where hope gets restored, and you can start seeing yourself stepping into that. Right? I mean, the enemy's always trying to paint a picture of your future of darkness yeah. and bleak and so bad and misery and all of these things. And and uh, I mean, you know, that's not the Lord's canvas for your life. You know, God knows the thoughts that He thinks towards you to give you a future and a hope. And and God wants to bless His people during this period of time. And God's going to restore hope so that you can see your future clearly. Amen. And I just I just really feel that so strong. And it's so cool, you don't have to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to do anything. You just, just watch God move. Just watch Him do His thing, you know? In fact, to be be see, the beauty of when something dies in you is you stop trying to make it happen. For real. I mean, and because that's what happened to Abraham. Like, how many you know, when, when he pursued Ishmael and all that stuff, his ability, how many you know it died in him? He knew he couldn't do it. He knew that Sarah's womb was dead. Dead. He knew that he was an old man. Amen? How I many old David got to that place where he knew he couldn't have the kingdom in his own strength, right? He knew he couldn't. I mean, and so there's this place in you where your hopes and your dreams are a seed that dies. 
And then God comes in and brings forth the light. How many of y'all science is doing all kinds of crazy stuff these days, right? They're doing all kinds of stuff. How many of y'all, they can't create one seed? I don't, and they'll never be able to create a seed. I don't care how far technology goes. I don't care how far they do. They will never be able to produce life from nothing. Only God can do that. And, and that, that seed in many of us has died in certain areas of our life. But God's going to breathe life into it, and that thing's going to bloom, and you're going to be testifying to the goodness of God. And uh, it's so good. So good. So good. I mean, that's what happened to Hannah, right? I mean, Hannah couldn't have kids. And, and she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him to you. And the Lord did. And the Lord gave him a child, and she gave him to him. And, 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 and Samuel helped restore the entire kingdom out of a place of corruption. It had been in for a really long time. And, David, and Samuel set the stage for David to arise. But then, how I many know, she just kept having kids after that. They kept having kids. And how many know every one of those children testified of the faithfulness of God? So not only is God restoring that in you and doing it in your life, not only is that going to minister to you, but it's also going to minister to other people too. It's going to bring hope to other people. It's going to bring ministry into their lives. Amen? Y'all tracking me here? Amen. Cool. All right, so we're not going to go into any of this, and we're just going to let this go, but we are going to pray. And so um, those of you watching online, just agree in here with us. And uh, I just want to lift everybody up in prayer for this year. Father, we just thank you um, for the future that you have for us, Lord. And I thank you that you, you're going to prove yourself faithful in some areas of our lives, Lord, that have grown cold and dead and hopeless. And that there's going to be a healing a restoration of our souls, a restoration of our emotions and our thoughts and our hearts in an area where we've been hurt and we've been wounded. Lord, we thank you for it. And um, I thank you, Father, that you give people the, the courage um, to testify about it when it happens. And Lord, all, all glory will go to you because it's nothing that we've done. Lord, it's just something that we've received. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for what you're going to do this year in our lives, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.